electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Stocks are looking to take a bit of a breather after six days higher. Uh, longest streak since March, or August rather. We're coming off closing highs for all the major averages, including the Russell, uh, with earnings heating up Cisco and Twitter tonight. Our roadmap begins with a pause to the record rally. All three major indices edging lower ahead of the opening after setting fresh highs yesterday. Plus, we're watching that Bitcoin surge, the cryptocurrency setting fresh highs again. This, of course, boosted by Tesla's investment. And how about oil? posting its highest closing price in 13 months, while investor interest, of course, in EV-related stocks, well, that continues, Carl, to soar as well. Yeah, speaking of soaring, Jim, uh, broad discussion this morning about the levels we're at and whether or not uh, we are in some type of a bubble. You heard Sam Zell on Squawk uh, earlier this morning. Gary Cohn, a couple moments ago, Jim, uh, tweeting, we need to be careful with handing out money that is not stimulative. How much of this is on your radar? Well, I do think that the different packages that people are talking about, some are about giving a a giant amount of money to everybody and some are targeted. I prefer targeted. I do think that uh, Gary Cohn's got a SPAC going. If you want to know where I think the excesses are, it's going to be in SPACs. I'm not willing to call it top on SPACs, but it does matter. David mentions oil. I think what we have to include is the fact that this uh, this polar blast is making it so natural gas is having a little bit of lift. The analysts want to get behind this. Uh, my sources indicate uh, this RBN Energy, a couple other companies that I check with uh, newsletters, that the Saudis will turn the tap back on. If it goes too much above 60, David, the real reasons why oil has gone up is one, people are worried that Biden won't allow people to drill as much. But the others is that there's Saudis have really said, you know what, uh, drill, baby, drill. But if they cap it, there won't be drill, baby, drill. So I, I don't know whether how long we can necessarily, even with an opening, expect that oil can continue to climb if the Saudis aren't on board. Um, meanwhile, Exxon and Chevron. Exxon in particular has soared, and it's been funny. I mean, energy, of course, the worst performing sector, along with the banks last year. Both, Jim, have really shown significant signs of life right since the election, uh, actually. Now, of course, a lot of it is linked to, to crude. Exxon has its own, own issues that have moved that stock higher. Uh, activists in the stock, potential change, well, some change in board composition, potentially even more to come. Changes, at least in their approach in terms of capital allocation to some point in CapEx. Although they would argue, Jim, that even with the rise of EV, there is still going to be a need on this planet for significant amounts of oil. And the, in, and the uh, industry still not investing anywhere near what it did back in 2013, which might be the same levels that we hit in 2040 when every car on the road is an EV. You're so right. I mean, we had just this tremendous uh, uplift in the amount of oil that was coming from the Permian and it's still there. And the people 
Uh, the drilling rigs have all kind of slowed down. A lot of the drilling were, were in public lands in New Mexico. That was the excess. But the Permian continues to pump. So you'll get a note. Uh, and then also recommend Diamondback, Symbol Fang, and talk about how if they get rid of back and they'll finish, they'll really complete their balance sheet. Obviously, I like Chevron. It's been underperforming because people like the fact that Exxon can p- continue to pay that dividend. If they get carbon capture right, then maybe they have a, uh, less of a problem with carbon dioxide. But uh, Carl, there's no doubt about it. When you have a president that wants to drill in Anwar, then oil is going to go down because there's too much supply. When you have a president who is deeply committed to EV and is not committed to drilling, then the next year you're going to see are places that we are drilling that will be cut back. So it makes sense that oil can go up under, under Biden, uh, but it will not make sense if the Saudis say, we don't want America back in because they controlled it before they can control it again. Huh. What about, Jim, I mean, just as an example, uh, Governor Cuomo of New York is going to reopen indoor dining, limited capacity, a little ahead of schedule coming this Friday. We've got companies like LVMH tell their employees at Tiffany, we want you back in the office on March 1st. I mean, we are going to see some demand creep back into the market, too. I wish we had everybody vaccinated. I know I would intend to my Mexican bar May 5th because I'm betting on the vaccine glut that Dr. Gottlieb talks about. Be very careful. When you have tents that you're eating in, the aerosol buildup in a tent is very bad. And it tends to bounce off the roof and come right to your plate. So there's very bad science that is calling for openings right now. Very good science says if you can have ventilation, very difficult to do in the winter, and you measure carbon dioxide, as the Japanese do, then, Carl, you can feel safer. But there's really been nothing to make restaurants safer. And there's also not a lot of restaurant police to tell you you have 25 percent. I will not be going to a restaurant until I feel that more people are vaccinated. But wait, you're going to have been vaccinated. You still wouldn't go if you're vaccinated? Uh, I want to, I no, I won't because my wife, wife won't be. Ah, got it. Um, I get my second uh, vaccine tomorrow, Moderna. Uh, I, some people tell me that Moderna has a uh, has a particular after effect that it causes you to be achy, short term elevation and temperature. But I'm never going to miss that appointment, David. That is no, you, you get it. You key. get your appointment. You get it. So as of tomorrow, you will be double vaccinated. No, 12 days. It's right. 12, 12 days, days after, after your second vaccination. Yeah. But meanwhile, Jim, to the, to the overall point, and I think you heard Jim Paulson on the last show talking about it as well. There is a lot of um, hope that we are getting back to uh, to to work. Uh, as Carl just put it as well. I mean, the vaccine supply ramp that you just mentioned, what we averaged about 1.5 million vaccinations a day, I think, over the last yes, week. Very good. We know there's a lot more supply yeah. coming on. New York, for example, again, we talk about it, people, because that's what we're most familiar with, is going to be going to phase two or whatever. A lot more people going to be able to be uh, potentially vaccinated under that. Uh, many below 65, right. any number of different conditions, including just being somewhat obese, is going to get you uh, an appointment. Um, this is happening. The pace of vaccine rollout is starting to pick up. Uh, hospitalizations coming down because, thankfully, a lot of elderly people have already been vaccinated. Uh, cases coming down. I think we're below 100,000. That's all good news, Jim. And that yes. seems to be adding to some of the ebullience we're watching. Not today, necessarily, with the S&P looking like it will open a bit down, but generally in the market, not to mention, of course, the prospect of enormous stimulus coming with a lot of people getting $1,400 checks. But at the same time, Carl, we can't pick up a paper talking about the new variants. 
some, some of these vaccines are better than the variants than others. I don't like these stories because what it says is that it's a foot race between the vaccination and the variant. A lot of the companies are working on boosters. Some of the vaccinations don't necessarily have the great efficacy. Uh, I want J&J to be approved as fast as possible. Why? Because J&J is the ability to ramp up and it does keep people from dying. I had a company called Veru on last night. Very small, very speculative. But they have a pill that makes it so that it's much more likely that you will not die if you get on a respirator. Right now, the standard of care is a very bad one. It includes uh, steroids and remdesivir, and many people are still dying in the hospitals. We want to get people not to go to the hospital. That's testing, but the government chose to pick a very expensive test at home. There's a very inexpensive test that they could easily use that they did not do. We need to catch people in the first two days when they're asymptomatic and they're going to work. The Harvard School of Public Health ensures that that is the principal way that that it is transmitted. And then we got to get people so that they're in the hospital for briefly are out. That's Regeneron, uh, which has stock has been very, you know, really not that good. And then when you're in the hospital, you need things like Veru, that, a pill that gets you out. So, Carl, there are a lot of different stages that I like. I do think that the Sputnik method in Russia, where they just came up with a good, good method and they're giving it to everybody, is shining. I'm getting that from yep. a New Yorker piece, Carl, that really does explain the Russian way yeah. of doing things versus us. Yeah, it was a good piece that you mentioned last week uh, that's worth reading. By the way, uh, Walgreens and Uber today uh, partnering to start providing free rides to vaccination sites. So to David's point and to Dr. Gottlieb's point, maybe when March comes, we really are dealing with a, an overall surplus. As oh, for the great. markets, Jim, uh, a, little, a little discussion today about this note out of city about a lingering short squeeze, uh, $10 billion unwound last week, but another $21 billion uh, still in place, still at a loss that they think could get the markets elevated for at least the next couple of weeks. Well, look, I, I think that there's some great seasonal work that says this is a good time. Uh, I also think that the stimulus adds to it if you get something like that. I, I just think that when we talk about shorts, and David, you were going over something I wanted to ask you about sure. uh, last week, which is the idea that we have these figures which show uh, how much stock is shorted. And you, you tended to think that perhaps they could be overinflated. I think that you recommend stocks because business is good. Uh, I don't want to have the alternative research always be you want to recommend a stock because there is a huge short position in Bed Bath & Beyond. That, we don't know when it unwinds, David, and we don't know if it's as big as you say, as though they say. No, we don't. There's something called rehypothecation, right. which I think we've all studied up on again. You know, I remember learning about it many years ago, but you need to brush up on some of these things. But it can have the effect of sort of overcounting. At the same time, it does also lead to why you can potentially have more uh, shares short of a stock than actually are outstanding, or at least in the float, I should say, Jim. But your point's a good one. As we take a look at GameStop, AMC oh. is below 6 bucks. Costs has obviously come down. The insiders there made a fortune by selling. Did in they? Fact, at AMC, anybody who possibly was in a position to sell certainly tried to do so, except, as you pointed out so often, at GameStop. Yeah, GameStop. Now, they didn't yeah. do a primary offering either, right. but even the, even the uh, Chewy guy. Didn't, we don't know. Maybe collared a stock, but he hasn't sold, right? No, I have take two on tonight. They have numbers about how you get their downloads. And, David, the, 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 this brick-and-mortar channel is, is going away so, so much more quickly than the people who are uh, promoting it. 
I know when you mentioned that there are many people, and Carl, this is a difficult thing for us, who think that we're hurting people by mentioning that perhaps GameStop's model, the stock was at this level last time, when it used to be uh, almost all brick and mortar, all the Grand Theft Auto brick and mortar. Uh, I don't think our job is to promote. I don't think our job is to pump. And I certainly don't want to pump so others can dump. I just think we have to point out that GameStop has a challenge model. Maybe there is a better plan. I'd like to see it. But as the stock ticks down, it, the better plan becomes a worse plan. And so, Carl, the silence is not golden. I know David was saying, well, what can they say? I don't really want them to say anything other than what Adam Aaron said, which is that, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. I will sell <laughs> stock and do better. Uh, you, anyone who listened to Simon Properties Call basically says that, you know, they had a decline in occupancy, but David Simon did a very good job. The stock will be up. SPG, good, good call last night. But well, let's get to the chase. Yeah. There are, people like Tapestry now. They like L Brands. They're, they're talking very positively about, uh, possibly about Kohl's. But I don't hear anyone in the analyst community saying, you know what, people are going back to GameStop. Uh, they're, they're getting a lot of PlayStations there, which they don't really have. You can go to the website, get a lot of Xbox. They don't really have. Nobody really has those. But I'm not reading the kind of chatter which just is jump on. This is your chance, Carl. Just not getting that. Yeah, I know Simon did, say, did, did talk about an improvement in rent collection, but I, I'd be curious to see what Strauss says to you uh, tonight because you got the GameStop part, you got the Take Two part uh, with no new games uh, being announced, at least. That's partly why it's down pre market. And then you got EA buying Blue Mobile, Jim, yeah, for 1250 well, The Kardashians, EA needed to do something, you need more mobile. Uh, last time Take Two spoke, they had a similar call. The stock was 175 Two days later, it went to 154 and then take a look at where it only went to. I think it'll be the same uh, trajectory. I know people just say, why doesn't Strauss do something new? Grand Theft Auto is the greatest single entertainment platform of all time. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, fantastic. They're going to come out with a few more games. David, you know what? Oh, wow. Sometimes you just, yeah. they have 93 in the pipe. No, they do. But I mean, Activision had a very good quarter. Activision uh, had the best In contrast to these, uh, they had the EA best and to, uh, as we're looking at EA, and we see the CEO is going to be joining joining us later, but, uh, and of course, to take two. Yes. Well, look, I mean, Activision Blizzard gave you a, a very nice dividend boost. Uh, yep. There are some games that they put on that are really sensational. Uh, I just know that Take-Two has been very consistent. It sells it 29 times if you back out the cash next year's earnings versus higher than the others. So you're going to get some resistance. But if you take a look at the chart, there's resistance after every quarter because Strauss Zelnick does not hype his company. He is just straightforward. And let the stock come in and buy it, Carl. My child trust owns it. And once again, GameStop, not mentioned by name, but you just don't go to GameStop to buy games anymore. It's just not the efficient way. Yeah. Well, we got a lot, a lot of earnings to chew on this morning, guys. Uh, we'll get to DuPont and Carrier and Fox, of course, ahead of Cisco and Twitter tonight. A couple of upgrades this morning as well. Uh, Constellation Brands gets one over at Goldman. Uh, Twilio over at JPM. We'll talk about that when Squawk in the Street comes back. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. 
With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Welcome back to Squawk in the Street, as I like to say, and has now been uh, memorialized in a rap song. Everybody's got us back in a dream. And man, there's a lot of dreaming going on today, guys. Of course, we do point to it to a certain extent, at least, as a, 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 an area of speculation for some of, uh, some of the market. Uh, but the issuance continues unabated. Eleven. And that's just my count today. Eleven new SPAC IPOs getting priced. Um, I won't go through all the tickers for you. Uh, ranging, you know, in size from 48 million uh, share offerings to as small as 4 million share offerings, but 11 new offerings. And then, of course, we have the SPACs that are announcing deals. One to watch because, well, we've kept a close eye on this area overall. We talked about it a bit earlier, guys, uh, is EV related. And, of course, we know SPAC and EV, really, you get things moving there, don't you? Um, Company, a SPAC called Decarbonization Plus Acquisition Corporation. Jim, Decarbonization Plus Acquisition Corporation is doing Hyzon. Uh, they're in hydrogen. I know you're focused on hydrogen. And in their presentation, they tell me the future of hydrogen, Jim, is now. It's no, now. It's not it's yesterday. Not. It's not tomorrow. No, the future of hydrogen is now. I wish it were. I had uh, Lindy on last night, Steve Angel. They're the, the biggest in hydrogen of all kinds. There's gray, there's blue, there's green. Green is the holy grail. And it's just not economic yet. The price has to come down. South Korea is committed to it. We know that they'll support it. Our country is uh, not committed to it. As a matter of fact, our country is probably one of the laggards. In, they, in, they tell me fuel cell economics are driven by fuel costs and fuel cell trucking is already cost competitive. That's what they're saying in there. That's that's terrific. And, and if, <laughs> it, if it were true, it would be even better. I mean, I, I had Steve Angel say that it isn't yet uh, last night. I mean, what am I going to do? Lindy is the biggest. Uh, but the Chinese are committed. South Korea is committed. It's a great fuel, as he said, for forklifts. It does work right now. Amazon and Walmart really like it. If you believe, as I do, that it's for long-haul trucking, then you would do plug power. But, David... If it were really, really yeah. powerful, why didn't Royal Dutch, why didn't uh, BP, why didn't they buy Plug Power and they had the chance? If you look at Plug Power, it's a much better performer than almost every other car company. I mean, every other company that could make it for cars. But they're not saying that it's going to be for cars. They compare it to the no. cell phone industry. So I love it. There's a note today about buy GM because of hydrogen. That is completely wrong. You buy GM because of electric batteries and Mary Barra's commitment to, to being carbon free in the mid 2030s. Wow. But, David, hydrogen doesn't work right now unless it's supported by a government. And I uh, and we do not have be that. coming on later, uh, I believe. Prices hydro- hydrogen, they say, is expected to decrease rapidly as green production oh, he's scales use around the, nine the world. Nine to two. You're going to hear that. Jim, it's nine you know what? to two. We've had so many of these CEOs come on who, who run these companies, many of them going public through SPAC, who've talked about their technology. I just wanted to listen uh, our viewers to listen to a few of the claims that we've, of course, questioned uh, aggressively over the last few months. Take a listen. The most telling metric of where any electric car company is today, there's a single metric, and that is efficiency. We can go well over four miles per kilowatt hour. This is world-class technology here in the U.S. Lucid's going to take the tank the next level. That's really what sets us apart is we offer both battery electric and hydrogen electric. 
And then we do the grid buffering. So we, we help the grids buffer their grids. And that's how we get our energy so cheap <clears throat> to be able to broker back to the fleet. What we're doing is enabling our customers to go further on a single charge. And also we have the best fast charging capabilities. Today, we're charging large capacity, large uh, commercial vehicle batteries in 30 minutes or less. And we have a glide path to 15 minutes or less. With our batteries, you'll be able to do a 15 minute fast charge. And that combination has never been done before. So the idea of a, a long range battery uh, that can be charged more rapidly uh, really helps close the gap between electric cars and combustion engine based vehicles. And that's what's exciting about what we're doing. Somebody's going to win, Jim. Yes. And the, uh, here's the three battlegrounds. How quickly you can charge, how light it is, and let's not forget LiDAR. You want to have, in the end, self-driving, and that requires a fourth dimension that uh, I had a company on last night talking about fourth dimension, being able to make it so you can send signals. Those were all, uh, by the way, Audi's completely endorsed it. But, you know, it's funny, you, in, in there you had Nikola, David. They, haven't, they had, in a previous video, another way to be able to power a truck. <laughs> yeah, roll it down to hell. Well, I mean, yeah, well, Nikola's hey, still out there. No, they're, they're still out got there. They've got their plan. Uh, Lordstown, I've had them on. Uh, QuantumScape had them on. I really yes. like those no, guys. We've, we've had many of them on. Fisker, we've had on as well. Obviously, different. Some are making the automobiles, well, but a lot of them are focused on the battery and the efficiency of their battery technology. David, to quote Shakespeare, Romeo, where art thou? Carl, over to you. Uh, guys, even as you're saying all that, uh, the city of San Antonio, for example, naming uh, Blink Charging as provider of EV charging infrastructure. That's going to be happening in cities all around the country. Also, as we're talking, some headlines uh, from GM, Jim, about uh, extending some shutdowns because of the chip shortage. We'll get to that when we come back after a break. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. All right, we've got a little less than six minutes before we get started with trading uh, for the day. Let's get to a mad dash, Jim. David, one of the most positive notes I've seen about STZ Constellation uh, Brands, it's been a long slug, uh, slug, but it's Bonnie Herzog now at Goldman Sachs. And she's just saying, look, it's best in show. They go reiterate buy add to, to the uh, conviction list. Modelo, which I can't even get. There's a various new brands of Modelo really in, in, uh, in Texas just selling incredibly well. You might have seen their uh, ads for Hart Seltzer. Uh, that is a gigantic launch. They have great margin expansion. They are the only growth beer company in the actual traditional category. Remember, Sam's has been going up because of, of hard seltzer. It's a great report. Buybacks coming. Wine doing much better. And uh, remember, the Hispanic opportunity, that's, uh, that is really incredibly significant. Uh, I like this stock very much. I've had them on, basically, Robert Sands. I've had them on probably more than anybody else. Now, uh, it's Bill Newlands. And what is not mentioned, Dave, and it's one of the reasons I want to point out, mm-hmm. is there's substantial investment in canopy. With all of the uh, the pot stocks doing incredibly well, Tilray with some news. I think Canopy at 44. I re recommended at 20. I think it can go much higher if we really do have not decriminalization, but actual. You can use it. 
like we have with gambling in so many states. Right. Do they control Canopy at this point? Almost, right? They can. The moment that it's approved, right. they will because they have the warrants. They have the ability to do it. Yep. It's a very good company. The, the C, former CFO of Constellation runs it. He's running it in a magnificent way. We will have separate bars. When it. You, will not, you will not have a regular bar and a cannabis bar in the same room. Hmm. Okay. Opening bell four minutes away. Stay with us. We mentioned those headlines out of GM a few moments ago. They are extending some downtime, Jim, at uh, three plants, uh, in part because of this chip shortage. They're going to reassess in March. They say it's hurting everyone in the industry. They say in some cases uh, where there is a shortage, they will build vehicles without certain modules. So uh, some features will obviously be sacrificed. And Jim, we'll hope to learn more when they post earnings tomorrow. Yeah, Argus upgraded Ford, but Ford had a similar problem, talking about $1 billion to $2 billion. It's an 18-month problem. The Chinese are hoarding uh, these. Uh, there's only a couple companies with the foundry capacity. We decided to outsource our foundries to, uh, to uh, countries, by the way, who have very close relationships with China. Uh, President Trump, I, he did not really understand the significance. I uh, thought of it a military problem. It's really a problem about American industry. And, David, you can't just throw up foundries. They take a huge amount of time. If you think that the shortage is real, Applied Materials is going to report, Land Research is going to report, KLA uh, is important. It's all about the food chain and our decision to de-emphasize it in this country. No, no doubt. And, Carl, there is a bigger question as we watch the opening bell there. Yeah, we'll wave back to you there uh, from the NYC. But there is a bigger question here, Jim, about, about um, well, defense, generally speaking, and how involved the American government is going to get in terms of in, uh, uh, encouraging five nanometer technology at right. Intel uh, and perhaps bringing others in as well. I mean, that is going to be an important effort to watch. I think it's one reason why, by, there are, by the way, there are investors who are quite bullish on the prospects for Intel is in part their expectation that you will see the U.S. government become aggressive in sort of intervening to help to help the industry. Look, I think it can happen. I mean, one of the things, Carl, is, is that it's targeted. Uh, the Republicans didn't like to help certain industries. Uh, Biden is very much involved with trying to get alternative energy. There are no real uh, Senate champions to be able to do this. Uh, there's no real constituency to be able to say, look, we should start helping Intel. Uh, AMD is ahead of Intel. So what are we going to help Intel come up? They used to build foundries. They, they're pretty much foundry light. I think this should be a national effort, not an Intel effort. I was hoping to be able to get uh, Taiwan Semi to be involved. I was hoping to be able to get uh, maybe Global Foundry. But these companies have very close ties to the Chinese, and they're very afraid that they could risk their Chinese business. So it's going to have to be done from the ground up using our companies. And I don't know whether there's the will in Washington to be able to break the stranglehold that we gave to these companies. We gave it to them because we decided that we were not going to be in anything other than the semi-light business. I do like AMD and NVIDIA because they know how to do it. A, uh, Intel got a new CEO. I mean, God love them. I mean, everyone suddenly likes them because of a new CEO. I like companies that have good, solid foundries. And the one that has built the most and is going to double its CapEx probably is Skyworks Solution. And the one that have done the least is Qualcomm, hence why that stock has been a total dog since they reported. If you believe in foundries, you believe in Liam Griffin, you believe in a company that has best control of its fate, you buy Skyworks even up here. Carl, it is a great company. 
That's interesting. Uh, Business Week has a big piece this week, Jim, on Tim Cook and sort of the fortress that he has built Apple into another company going vertical into semis, which I would yes. imagine you think is well-timed. Oh, yeah. I mean, remember, the you have exposure with ARM and NVIDIA's trying to buy ARM. David, that just goes on and on. I know NVIDIA got Mellanox. A lot of people thought that would never go through. Those were Chinese authorities. Uh, it may be British authorities that stop uh, the NVIDIA deal. Mm-hmm. NVIDIA's doing incredibly well. It doesn't even need ARM. But, uh, no. but it, I do it just wonder, doesn't. Jim, whether you're going to see a broader effort. And again, here, that's speculation at this point. And it's very early in the Biden administration. Not even sure exactly where it would be led from. Maybe to your point from defense. But do you get some sort of broader effort towards over the next five years developing our chip infrastructure? The likes of Apple and Qualcomm are a part of it. And eventually even NVIDIA and AMD are a part of it in some way. Well, look, that, that would be ideal. And if a senator, if we got some uh, constituency to do it. You know, I, I, and David, you know that I, that I was um, close to the previous administration when it came to China policy. Yes. And they did try to get Intel involved, and Intel did some things, but it never really came to anything. But the, the, the previous administration was very much into what General Mattis was into, frankly, which is to be able to make it so Taiwan was safe. Uh, I'm not questioning the loyalty of Taiwan. They, they're very close to us. I am saying that the Chinese double order like mad. So if you want to be able, your Ford or your GM, and you want the chips, and these are, they're not, the, it, automotive is not a real powerful industry in the chips, you're going to have to pay extra. You can pay extra and get them, but it does ruin your profit margins. Uh, the idea that we're talking about building a plant from the ground up, I went to the, uh, when, when Ireland opened, when, when uh, the Irish plant opened, uh, for Intel, I went to it. Very nice river dance presentation, by the way, at the Abbey Tavern. Uh, and it, it did fabulously. I've been to an Israeli plant where on Saturday no one's there because of the Sabbath. I, I, Intel used to be the greatest builder of plants and manufacturers. They lost their way. I don't think the U.S. government's business is to, is to bail out Intel. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Intel's got a good balance sheet. What did they choose to do? They bought back stock. They bought back stock. They should have been building more foundries like the old days when Jerry Parker put a foundry in that was exactly the same everywhere, even in the coat closet. Yeah, you, so we can't. We all can't that, all that may very well be true, Jim, but it doesn't mean that you can abandon completely the ability of the United States to produce these incredibly important components. No, I want I mean, it to be. I want to. it to be nation. Really I want to be relying on Taiwan for all of this. No, I want all the companies to be involved. I don't want it to be Intel based. Why be the one that really didn't get the job? Mm. Why not everybody? With some money put in by everybody, but a lot of them, a lot of them are relying on um, Taiwan Semi right now. Well, that's what you need to diversify. And Samsung, Taiwan Semi wants to diversify. It's just that it's very hard. I mean, right. there's look at these companies' capex. They have them twenty-five billion. Micron, by the way, I don't want me to, to uh, disparage them. They also believe in foundries, and they ha- they're not having any problem. The companies that build foundries, Sky- Skyworks Solutions, has everything. You know, not allowed to mention Apple. But Skyworks Solutions has everything that you need in, in uh, an iPhone, and they're not hostage at all. If you go back to their conference call, you can hear they decided to spend money. Carl, these other companies, they didn't spend the money. They're paying the price, well, and the clients has, are paying the compete, price. They compete on RF with Skyworks. It was at last, 7 nanometer where they were having some capacity. But that expense. last quarter, David, was really they came out and said that they were capacity constrained everywhere. Yeah. I think it's an inexpensive stock at a certain point, but... They're all asset light, and they've all. But that's their. That's been their business, David. They're an IP company, right? And Qualcomm shares. Carl did suffer after the uh, after their last earnings last week. Of course, when we yes. watched that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was the, the downgrade last week, um, arguing that the uh, 5G upside had been played out. I, f- I forget who it was through, um, but we'll watch Qualcomm. Jim, I'm, I'm looking at these Super Bowl ratings. Uh, smallest audience since 2007. 
about a 9% drop for the game. That's kind of in wow. line with the season, season ratings drop of 7%. Still obviously going to be the, the most watched telecast of the year. Uh, but CBS does point out, uh, David, it was the second biggest blowout for a Super Bowl in the last 18 years. Despite the snow and people stuck at home, uh, it's not a great rating for the game. No, and I think, you know, I, yeah, they obviously lost a lot of people probably in that third to fourth quarter there. We kept waiting for Mahomes. All of us, I think, oh, he's yeah. gonna, they're going to come back. They're going to come back. And like, was it nice with Tony Romo? Tony was honest back. enough. Say, yeah. hey, listen, you know, I wish this were a better game. Yeah, Tony kind of, I know, I wonder if anybody gets in his ear like, what are you doing? What are you man? doing? That's you just Bill drove Walton 20 million people away from the game. <laughs> Bill Walton used to be was broadcasting um, games. He said, man, this is a lousy game. I don't know if I'd watch it. <laughs> Good well, chance for me to transition, guys, to Fox earnings, though, oh. uh, which we want to the stock's not doing much uh revenues there 4.09 billion it was up eight year eight percent year over year been trying to monitor the call although of course we've been on the on the show during some of it uh adjusted ebitda 305 million that was up 17 percent but you can see stocks stocks down it, interestingly jim there's been uh, i think swinburne wrote about it but there's been sort of this the story going around, chatter, nothing to it as far as I'm aware at this point, but you never know. And I've had my share of good scoops when it comes to the Murdochs and uh, what they do. That, you know, what, could they ever try and take it private? Would wow. they ever sell the Fox network, not the Fox News Channel, Fox Network and the O&Os, and then take the Fox News Channel, Fox Business, private? I don't know. Uh, who knows? Uh, but, uh, but that's been out there a bit. I think it may have even helped the stock price a bit yesterday. Some analysts taking their time on that, putting models together. I don't think there's anything there quite na- well, yet, but we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye. As for the overall business, they seem to think that they're well positioned for the current environment. Well, I mean, Viacom's had quite a run. Yes, it has. And uh, yes, it has. my hat's off to Bob Backish. I, was, uh, I questioned it lower. There were sellers endlessly. Uh, the seller seems to have disappeared. But at the same time, th- when you look at someone asked me last night, a really terrific guy who's very much involved in the NFL, he said, if you had Roku or yeah. Viacom, which would you keep? And I would k- pick Roku. You'd pick Roku. Yeah, even yeah. after this uh, mm. really hefty revaluation. Uh, yeah, Viacom shares up 44 percent this year. We pointed it out yesterday. Of course, Discovery almost keeping pace there. Both had been punished last year. Yes. There is at least some belief that advertising is coming back to some extent, although really, you know, you look at what Google uh, or Alphabet and Facebook have been able to do and you do wonder about the future of of some of the advertising businesses that are what we call more traditional uh, at this point. Um, We'll see. They're rolling out, uh, what is it, March 4th, they're rolling out Paramount+. Plus. Plenty of that, Carl, on the Super Bowl in terms of promotion. They spent a lot of money. Now, you, you know, obviously it was CBS, it's, it's their airtime, but they could have sold that for a lot yes. of money and chose not to. Uh, I'm just, uh, Joanne Littman tweeted that 25% of the ads were for CBS. Wow. So, wow. so we weren't crazy yesterday when we were talking about all the Paramount Plus promos. Wow. I mean, it, 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 there have got to be some companies that just said, like Klarna, wow, we were in the fourth quarter. Uh, you give us a break. The fourth quarter was uh, it, it, tough. You, if you saw DraftKings yesterday, the stock was down and Penn National was down. There were a lot of, of games that were meant and questions that were meant for the fourth quarter to try to keep people interested. Uh, Mahomes not having a touchdown was a very significant part of trying to figure out the money went so much toward Mahomes for MVP. That was obviously wrong. I think we learned, uh, Carl, that if you could get defense being the MVP, I think you would have picked them because the shutdown of Kansas City was extraordinary. But obviously, Tom Brady, such an easy choice. Carl, you mentioned yesterday yeah. at the end we'll of our uh, at the end of our ten about Twitter. I did want to point out to you and throw it to you that, you know, that stock up yet again. I guess we're waiting for earnings there, right? 
Yeah, um, there's the seven-year high, which we mentioned yesterday. Uh, Jim, there was the Bloomberg report, uh, Kurt Wagner's piece talking about, again, further study of a paid product. Uh, and earnings tomorrow, we'll see whether or not uh, they discuss engagement on the Super Bowl or anything beyond that. Well, sports sports writing, anything involving sports, the sports people tend to give away a lot of their stuff on the Twitter. Uh, there was a, a lot of thought that when the real Donald Trump was banned that you'd have the stock go down. I mean, actually a little irony, David, the stock has been better than expected post the real uh, Donald Trump going down. Yeah, it's a uh, $47 billion market value. And again, I don't know about advertising on that platform. Well, it, that's a what, big question. You know, how robust it really the, is. The advertising on the Pinterest number was really extraordinary. I know. They have great international business, and it's viewed as a safe place. So Twitter, sell, not necessarily sell a safe Twitter place. Twitter here ahead of earnings, Jim? No, I mean, twi- no. look, they can tell a story, and Kathy Wood will come in and buy it maybe at the end. The, the, uh, the acknowledged like, stat backstop for Snap. She came in and did a great fund manager, and Tesla, 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 Tesla. And how many times did Tesla? We had mentioned incredible. Yet. Kathy Wood, the Ark Fund, uh, the money that flew uh, that flowed into those funds is was astronomical. So she's got plenty to put to work, right? She likes to put things to work in a discount. She bought DraftKings in a very smart way. She bought Snap. She called the bottom in Snap. But she's been doing some aggressive selling in some cloud names. But uh, I think that you know, a lot of people are just uh, the parlor game is to pick what she's going to like next, David. I always think it's better to wait than game her. But she's a power in this market. She's the most. Without a doubt. Yeah. Well, listen, Carl, I can remember when she came on with what we thought were outlandish targets on Tesla, and uh, they've all been met and exceeded. Her and Ron Barron. I mean, the two of them are amongst the great winners, certainly with Tesla's move up to an $800 billion market value. And a lot of people shorted Tesla all the way up, David. They didn't believe. And, well, they have the tread... uh, tracks on their back to show it. Carl, <laughs> I've been there. Jim, really quick, uh, two names uh, to get to. One is Shopify uh, this morning announcing today a new, uh, expanding their merchant list to all of those selling on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Shopify, I think, Jim, that's going to be an all-time high today. Yeah, I mean, up, Shopify, uh, up almost 2%. ever since Instagram, ever since Mark Zuckerberg committed to small, medium-sized businesses, it was natural to part with Shopify. Uh, I, I happen to love Shopify because it, along with Twilio, which was upgraded today, and Etsy are about empowering people who basically have been disenfranchised. You can build a business using the fulfillment capabilities of Shopify. The stock was, is up 1,000 points. That's actually in this market. If you're helping small, medium-sized business to, uh, tran- to transition from brick and mortar to the web, you have to use Shopify, Carl. It's a, it's a natural, it's cheap, and they also back you. What an amazing company. I know that there were several major companies that tried to buy them uh, and really at much higher prices than it was before, but they're a Canadian proud company, and they weren't the least bit interested in selling. Boy, did they ever get that right. Really amazing story. Yeah. That's um, one reason, at least, why after a lower start, uh, record highs on both the Nasdaq and the Russell this morning. Uh, let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Morning, guys. Happy Tuesday. Uh, well, a down day, but boy, what a run. Six up days in the S&P 500. You know, that's, that's only happened 12 times in five years. We may even have seven up days. We don't know. This is a pretty modest decline at the open here. Kind of a defensive, uh, just a modest pullback. Take a look at the sectors. I keep pointing out China just keeps outperforming those Chinese ETFs. They're all right near new highs. Uh, the China 300, the sort of the S&P of China's at a new uh, uh, multi-year high. 
Uh, so keep an eye on that. REIT's good today because Simon Property had some good things to say. Uh, staples are up. You know, that's a defensive group. It's had a terrible start to the year. So that's an indication of uh, what a, the kind of day that we're having. Tech's modestly on the downside and energy's been the big performer of the year. So it's a good time when you get a little pullback to sort of pause and look at what's been going on for the year. Basically, the rally has been the reopening stocks and a little bit on the tech stocks. Uh, on energy, you know, after a horrible several years, I mean, just great starts here. We've got 13-month highs in oil here, so Occidental, Marathon. These are the what we call high beta energy names. They tend to move more than even the energy market uh, on any given day. But Apache and even Exxon's having a, a terrific year uh, so far. The steeper yield curve, we talked yesterday about the bank stocks. They're off to a great start. The regional banks, the super regional ones, uh, the regions financial and key corp, all doing well. Uh, money centers even doing well. J.P. Morgan's up 10%. Goldman's up nicely for the year. So two groups here that have had a very rough few years are off to a great start in 2021. Uh, elsewhere, I guess you could say the tech rally continues. I don't know what you call some of these stocks, disruptive tech, some people call them. Hard to overestimate the impact of Tesla now. I'll show you more on that in a minute. But PayPal's up 20%. Alphabet's having a great year, up 20%. Even Microsoft, old school tech names, this is a, a sole exception, really outperforming the S&P. And remember, the S&P is only up about 3 or 4%. Um, so far on the year. It's hard to underestimate the impact of Tesla. I, I just want to point out how its relentless rise is impacting the S&P 500. So it's, it's an $828 billion market cap. It's the fifth largest stock in the S&P now. Uh, and it's waiting. It's, all, it's about 2% of the S&P uh, right now. We all own a little bit of Bitcoin if you own an S&P fund at this point. Uh, and it's 15% of consumer discretionary. Amazon's 33%. So you put Amazon and Tesla together, it's about 40% of the consumer discretionary sector. Just let me show you the consumer discretionary chart. It's up 7% this year, mostly because Tesla's up and Amazon's up as well. So bear that in mind. And this is even including the fact that Ford and General Motors are having a great year. I mean, they're up about 30%. But it's very hard to move the dial when Tesla is so big in consumer discretionary. Let me just show you the weighting in Ford and GM. GM is, uh, there's Tesla, $828 billion. Look at Ford and, and, and General Motors, $80 billion for General Motors. That's one-tenth the size of Tesla. Ford is 5% the size of Tesla, Carl. And that, of course, means that even when Ford and GM are having great years, up 30%, it's hard for them to move the S&P 500 forward. Tesla is the one that really moves things right now. Guys, back to you. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing stat. Uh, Bob, thanks. Uh, Bob Pisani. As we go to break, uh, time for the bond report. Take a look at how treasuries are faring. Mixed picture today, a day after the yield on the 30 uh, briefly got past 2% for the first time since the pandemic. Europe, uh, that push to form that new Italian government is still in focus. Mario Draghi trying to get some consultations with political parties together. Finally, a look at the dollar index, continuing to pull back from those two-month highs. Squawk on the streets back in just a moment. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, as we said earlier today, announcing New York City restaurants can bring back indoor dining Beginning Friday, that's a slight move up from the previously announced Valentine's Day. As to why, he said, uh, quote, we respond to the data. We respond to the facts that we face today. The facts may change tomorrow, and then we'll change with the facts. The enemy changes tactics. We adjust with the enemy. 
but the numbers are down now. Jim, I was interested to hear you say um, you, you're still shooting to open your restaurant on Cinco de Mayo. You just might not go to a restaurant this weekend. Well, I just want the ventilation to be proper. The issue here, in the, especially with some of these outdoor facilities, is the ventilation. And uh, you need to be able to think about this. Uh, Dr. Uh, Kimberly Prather has done the best work on that. She's a professor basically of aerosol. You have to consider it like uh, secondhand smoke. If you can smell the smoke in the back uh, at the front of a restaurant, then you're, that's the same kind of exposure you might get from someone who has COVID in your restaurant. So I think we should wait a little bit longer. Uh, I, look, I love restaurants. I support them. Kept workers around uh, on mothball but still paying rent. I just think that me, people will feel better, David, when more people are vaccinated. I don't want to create an atmosphere where I feel that the ventilation is improper. Working on it, it's not, not easy. Uh, I have a great outdoor space. Uh, but it's a little chilly out there, and they won't let me build a little, uh, you know, nook in the front because it's a bus stop. How about but a big I, fire pit? You want to go with one? I of those? have yes, no. a Norwegian yeah. fire pit. No, all yeah. things I want to do, but twenty-five percent, seventeen tables—that's yeah. not a lot of money on no. uh, the, ch- the chicken tinga. No, it's not. Although it's twenty-five percent of capacity, isn't it? Pass, so but you can't have people places at the bar. that don't pack them in. You actually have a lot of. Tables. I have a bar, and you're not allowed people at the bar. I think that's kind of oxymoronic. Come to my bar, but don't. I can't wait. Well, don't worry about it. I'm going to get that darn Modelo that everybody loves. You can down those margaritas so fast, Carl. <laughs> they just, ah, oh, they go down so nice. David, do you think the Profit Martins are going to definitely need. <laughs> we're going to need an Uber on the way home, David. There's yes. no doubt about that. Yes. Uh, we'll take a break here. Uh, Dow and S&P are down, but NASDAQ record high above 14K. Don't go away. Today at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, CNBC's Healthy Return Spotlight will update attendees with up-to-the-minute information on the rollout of the vaccine for investors, policymakers, business leaders, featuring Walgreens' Rick Gates, J&J's Alex Gorski, Okta's Mark Rogers, Howard University Hospital's Anita Jenkins, and a lot more. You can register now at cnbcevents.com slash healthy returns. We're back in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Haynes Brand doing very well today. One of the things that they said they're going to get out of the mass business. I bought their mass at Target. I kind of like them, but it's, they feel long term not that good. They're getting out 20 percent of the businesses that aren't making a lot of money. This has been a very responsible company ever since the bottom. Uh, they've done a great job. I think it can go even higher. Remember, that's what's in vogue right now is uh, things that are sold in stores are doing very, very well. And Haynes has got a great line of product. David, I'm wearing Haynes right now. I just don't feel like it's the need to show. Uh, we all appreciate that. <laughs> okay, just point it out. Uh, Jim, uh, tonight you mentioned you got Strauss yes. uh, from Take Two. We also got our friend Dan Rosenzweig from Chegg. Look at that stock. I mean, this is the way people learn these days. I've got Build.com, which is great for small, medium-sized businesses to be able to make sure that they pay all the receipts. Um, Take Two, I am making a prediction here. I think it goes down today, it starts going down tomorrow, and then it starts going up because people realize the value of Grand Theft Auto. Uh, and, and also, NBA 2K is doing amazing well. Uh, I, I, Red Dead Redemption is doing well. This has been the pattern. Today it goes down, tomorrow it goes up. I don't think the pattern is going to be any different. Everybody raise the price target. I like take two. Jim, we will see you at six. Thank you. Mad Money with Jim Cramer at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks, man. 
You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.